Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, do you like fun? Well, if you're anything like me, one of the ways you love to have fun, a little bit of stand-up comedy. And you've probably already heard of Burt Kreischer from his stand-up or appearances in some films. You've probably seen him on Comedy Central or on Showtime. If not, you can Google him right now. It's Burt Kreischer, K-R-E-I-S-C-H-E-R. Guy is absolutely hilarious. And AEG Presents is thrilled to announce Burt Kreischer live at Red Rocks Amphitheater Wednesday, September 8th. 2021. Joined by Mark Normand, time to get your tickets now. All you got to do, download the Red Rocks app before your visit, which you can really already should already have done at this point. Let's be honest. It's a great app for anything you need to see down at Red Rocks, which is one of the greatest places in the world. So it makes it really easy to purchase your tickets for your favorite shows. Download that Red Rocks app today. Grab your tickets to see Burt Kreischer with Mark Norman September 8th at the best venue in the world. It's Burt Kreischer and Mark Norman at Red Rock, September 8th. All ages are welcome. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. Patrick Lyons off today, but joining me for this one, as has become our weekly custom, is, of course, the voice of the Colorado Rockies on AT&T Sportsnet and the host of the Drew Goodman podcast, boys and girls, it's Drew Goodman. What's up, man? How you doing, Drew? Doing well, doing well. Good to see you. Uh, glad that we could get this going. Wanted to uh, highly recommend people get over and listen to the Drew Goodman podcast for this week. Every week, really, you got to you gotta get in there and, and listen to it. Sometimes it's, you know, these great sort of behind-the-scenes personal stories like you get with Connor Joe and Brendan Rogers and everything that they've gone through up to this point in their careers. And uh, sometimes you get the, the GM on and you really hash out what went on at the trade deadline. What's the team's vision moving forward? What's going on there? I thought your conversation with Billy Schmidt was really, really good for those who want an honest answer to the question. There are a lot of people who ask the question, what are the Rockies doing over there? And they don't really want an answer to it. If you really do, Go and listen to the Drew Goodman podcast for this week. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, Billy is, uh, I've known him a long time. And, um, you know, Billy's a straight shooter. He's, um, you know, he, he's definitely, you know, different um, from from Jeff Breidich in, in um, personality. And that's, and that's not trying to be a backhanded shot at, at Jeff, but um, – Billy has spent a long time in baseball from a scouting standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, way back in, in the last 20 plus years, uh, getting the Rockies set up for the draft. But, you know, he, he gave, you know, uh, very honest and candid answers about the Trevor Story situation, where he thinks the Rockies are right now, what he thinks they need to do to get back to where everybody wants to see them um, in the not too distant future. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good listen. And, um, we kick around, obviously, some other things uh, on the show as well this week. Yeah, I also appreciate it. And, and we covered this on, on the show very briefly. But your conversation with uh, Marky about, you know, from the inside of, of the whole the fan 
uh, miscommunication thing that blew up that everyone knows by now uh, about the fan calling for Dinger. And I thought your uh, conversation on that from your unique perspective of having broadcast games and how things can happen like that was enlightening. Even if people thought, you know, oh, I thought of every angle on this, there was even more in there. I was like, oh, yeah, that's really interesting, too. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, I don't pretend to be a, you know, microbiologist. I don't pretend to be, uh, you know, something I'm not. And a lot of people jump to conclusions um, with how television works, and they have no idea sometimes with how it works. Now, um, that whole thing, fortunately, was a was a misinterpretation of what this fan was yelling. Thank goodness, because I, I need not get on my soapbox about how abhorrent you know hate language is. And I would I would have done what Paul Severino, my um, you know colleague and, and counterpart on Miami's broadcast, I would have done that had I thought um, that's what I heard. Now we were talking at the same time. So on, on the, in the Twitter universe and the YouTube universe, um, Drew, as you know, that was Miami's feed. It wasn't ours. We were talking, we didn't hear it. I, I immediately checked with Ryan Spielborgs. Um, the next day when I heard this thing blow up, our producer, I never heard it. He never heard it. Our a one, um, didn't hear it. Um, so thankfully, thankfully, thankfully it, it turned out to be this fan yelling for dinger. Yeah, but a lot of people don't understand the machinations of, of television and et cetera. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was very enlightening. So speaking of the machinations of television and how TV works uh, and how you were able to take in this great television event, of course, uh, Patrick and I did a lot of talking about it up to the event, but this is our first show since the Field of Dreams game. Uh, really, really special stuff. I thought getting to watch. Now, I'm a huge, it's, uh, like a lot of people, it's one of my favorite baseball movies of all time, and we can get into that in a little bit. But what did you think of the event, of the presentation, and how were you able to, to take it in since you were, you know, calling a Colorado Rockies game? Yeah, but Drew, we were fortunate because it was Thursday night. It was game one of the Rockies in San Francisco, game one of their four games set there. So there was a two-hour uh, difference from when the game started in Iowa and Dyersville. Uh, so we had it on in our studio because everybody knows we're not traveling. No one really is um, from a broadcast standpoint. But um, so we, we were able to – I mean, I'm getting ready for the game, so it's not like I'm sitting there like I would be watching on the couch kind of thing. But I, I was – we had the sound up, and, and so I, I was aware of it. I thought it was wonderful. Uh, it was. Uh, it would have been wonderful if it was a two-to-one ball game. Uh, the setting, how they presented it, the guys coming out of the corn. Kevin mm -hmm. Costner was wonderful. Um, you know, I, it, when I was able to catch Joe Buck and John Smoltz and their interactions, I, I thought they nailed it. I thought, uh, you know, Fox nailed it. You know, Costner, uh, not just an actor who happened to play uh, this character in this movie where the you know, where it's about baseball and about uh, ultimately family in baseball. Uh, you know, Costner loves the sport, you can tell. And um, so I thought they I, I thought they absolutely nailed it. And then as a bonus, the game was tremendous. Yeah, it was tremendous. You can't plan for that. That's one of those things we all know that baseball, there's always that chance that then it's just kind of an OK ball game. Not to take anything away from it, but like the all star game was it was good. It was fine. It's fine, but you know, you it, it didn't. And this turned into such a, a magical. You get the walk off. You get some a lot of great scoring, I, I, a lot of great moments. Like, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was it was awesome in a magical setting on a beautiful night too. And I think that uh, you know, so many people who grew up, um, you know, in the Midwest or on the eastern plains of Colorado, um, you know, grew up in a farm, you know, with farmland as a, as a backdrop. You know, we're spoiled by the sunsets. I have it, you know, in the background I, with the mountains, and it's starting, it's starting to clear, uh, you know, with those horrible fires, and et cetera. But, um, you know, we have great beauty, and we've all, or many of us, obviously, seen sunsets on the, on the ocean, right? And that's beautiful. Well, guess what? Sunsets, um, you know, on the prairie, sunsets in cornfields can be you know, equally dramatic. And I think they were able to capture that as well. It's, it seemed like a, 
you know, a splendid night. And it, it, it just went, it went perfectly, I thought. Yeah, I like this comment here from Jill. She says, not only the White Sox won, but MLB and Iowa both won. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and I agree by an extension, kind of middle America, uh, whereas, and, and Patrick and I had talked about this before, you know, in the old days, and those Ken Burns documentaries about, you know, the first 40 or 50 years of baseball, it's all the kids from those places, you know, and I grew up in a very rural community, not, not quite farm community, but out on some land or whatever, you know, you went to New York City or Chicago to become the big time ball player. Uh, you know, Mickey Mantle being one of the most famous. You go from Oklahoma to the big city and to see then the, the big city game come back to this place in the middle of nowhere and, and kind of have it represent all of those people, I thought was really, really, really special. I think there's a charm and there's, um, you know, a peacefulness which uh, we could all use, right? Uh, that exists, mm -hmm. you know, in small town, uh, small for us in small town America, and mm -hmm. I and I think we were able to see that. I think it was captured on the broadcast, and um, you know the 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 simplicity of uh, you know a bat, a ball, and a glove, and emerging through a cornfield, and there's a there's a place to play ball, and let's go play ball, and then mm -hmm. you know, and then afterward, you know hang out with family and have a cold one, right? I, yeah. Yeah. I, I would say a pretty smashing success. Henry in the comments mentioned that, yeah, it, it blew up some, uh, some records. It was the most watched regular season game. Didn't they say in like 15 years or something like that? I'd have to it was, yeah, I read 16 years. It was the most uh, watched yeah. regular season game in 16 years. Um, and uh, that, that helps the game. I think, Again, even if you're just uh, you know a passing observer of the sport, uh, it, it made you stop. It made you watch. It, it engaged you, and and it was a great bonus that it was a really entertaining game full of action. You yeah. referenced through earlier the the All Star Game, and I thought uh, the city of Denver and the organization uh, of the Rockies, you know, really did everything uh, exceptionally well in, in the presentation, especially on, on, on a short time frame of our city and, and yeah. you know, Coors Field and, and the all-star festivities. I, I I'm not making this up. I don't remember the final score. It wasn't nothing. I know the American League won. Nothing yeah. super special happened in it, but I have a great feeling about the all-star game, which was just a month ago. And, and again, how Denver presented it, how the Rockies uh, you know, did their thing. Uh, but this game in Iowa, man, this was this was tremendous. And as a bonus, a great game. And, and baseball's going back there. I think Rob Manfred, um, you know, he 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 got it right away. He said, no, no, we're coming back. And I, I've said this. I said this on the broadcast last night, uh, Drew, and I think I – I'm trying to remember if I said it on my podcast I, um, that – no, I couldn't have because the game was Thursday. I'll talk about it next week a little bit more on the podcast. But the beauty of baseball, Drew, again, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You 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 get this. One of the reasons you and Patrick love the game so much is that there's 162 games. And for many, they're like, oh, my God, what, what does a game mean on May 20th or June 3rd or August 5th? I understand that. But because of the length of the season, you can do special games and special series and and capture a different element um, that you probably can't do certainly in football. Not they're saying they don't play games overseas or that sort of thing, but you you can do these things like Williamsport, like Dyersville. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. And I've been, um, I'll say, a, a critic of the commissioner at times in the past, to put it mildly. I, I've been I've been highly critical. Uh, but this is, you have to give credit where it's due. Uh, I, I, this is a smashing success that they're going to continue to do it. I think it's good for everybody involved. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited for the future of more of these types of things. Like you said, cause baseball does allow for it. it. It allows the space for that kind of thing and, and making those special moment connections with fans, uh, which just makes the next generation of baseball fans and, and baseball players uh, that much more invested in the game. It's just good for everybody. So. It is good for everybody. I would agree. Um, all right. I did want to talk real quick since we're on the field of dreams thing about, and, and you mentioned cracking open a cold beer after. So I want to ask you, uh, as we 
sip our theoretical. Look, it's, it's still morning time. I've got my Strava Craft coffee still going, but we we toast our theoretical Breck brews to some of our favorite baseball movies in just a second. But do got to remind you, get your Breck brew samplers down at King Supers over at your local liquor store. Of course, you get a bigger one if you're a member of the DNVR family. Come down to the DNVR.com. Come down to it. Like it's the website. Come on down to the DNVR.com just by clicking on all the buttons there. Type it in. Subscribe. You'll If you get the annual, we'll send you a free shirt. Right, so that's pretty cool. You'll get access to all the written content. You get access to our Discord channel where you can come and hang out, talk baseball with us 24-7 or any of the other sports or anything on TV, movies you've seen recently, whatever's going on out there in the world. Just come and hang out with us. Be a member of the family. So many perks that you get for doing that, including the bigger beer, the discounts constantly on hats and shirts, all that great stuff. And hookups with some of our fantastic sponsors, including, of course, our friends over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. You know them, you love them, you've probably made a little bit of money on them. If you haven't yet, though, time to get in on the action, uh, taking overs and unders on runs scored, strikeouts, who's going to hit a home run. Uh, that's always my, my most fun one to do because the odds are always fantastic. Just throw a couple of bucks down. Uh, if your guy hits a home run, then you're that much more excited and you've probably made a decent little chunk of change because, you know, it's against the odds that in any individual game, any individual is going to hit a home run, but they do sometimes. <laughs> That's what makes it so much fun. So hop on the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Uh, they got great, great promo going. If you haven't signed up before, you download it now. Use promo code DNVR. You'll save $200 uh, or you'll save $200. You'll receive $200 in free bets. You place $1 on any college football game. It's promo code DNVR to get basically free $200 in bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, good to see you. Last thought on the Field of Dreams stuff there. Is Field of Dreams one of your favorite baseball movies? Do you have a hierarchy? Are you a big baseball movie guy? Um, you know, I, I've, I've enjoyed baseball themed movies in the past. I'm, I'm not quite like Spilly and Sully who can um, regurgitate every line from every baseball movie uh, that uh, ever was produced in Hollywood. The Field of Dreams resonated with me because, um, you know, I learned the game from my dad and my dad recently passed and um, you've heard me talk before my three, uh, you know, I have three boys and they, you know, we're all baseball players and, you know, the two oldest, uh, one play, my oldest played in college and is now done. He's, you know, grown. And, uh, my, my middle son continues you know, is a, is a very, you know, is a good college baseball player currently. And my youngest is going off to college this year. So, you know, it is a, we're a baseball family and, and a huge bond exists between me and them and the countless hours and cages and fields and everywhere in between. And even on a ton of road trips, uh, you know, patches of grass and, um, you know, the luxury of going in stadiums and shagging an early BP. Baseball is is a common theme in my family. And uh, so Field of Dreams very definitely resonated with me and continues to this day. And like so many, um, you know what? I, I my eyes well with tears in, in the final scene. Um, you know when Kevin Costner, you know, you want to play catch, Dad, because um, I don't know. Ba- yeah, it's it's kind of the essence of baseball, and and yeah, football is more popular in our country now, and I and I understand that, and football is probably more exciting, um, you know, to watch if you have you know, three hours and you want to dedicate it to one thing. I understand all that. Um, but there, there is something about just playing catch and, and you can do that for, a, you know, for hopefully ever with your kid and, and you can have a casual conversation and bond uh, over a game of catch. So field of dreams will always be at the top of the food chain um, when you're talking about Hollywood and, and cinema. And um, so, yeah. Yeah. Now you you already answered my final question on the subject because you said play catch as opposed to have a catch. 
I know. I, th- I thought um, Habitat Catch was an East Coast thing. Yeah, right? um, I think I just I, I didn't think it at all. I just you know play catch or have a catch. I'm good. I'm good with either. I don't. I don't think uh, you need to uh, equivocate on that. Um, I, I do. It's so funny, Drew, because we do try to change language in baseball sometimes, and I think it's like I want to be the smart guy in the room. Yeah. For, in, for instance, and this is a little pet peeve of mine. You struck a chord with me. I'm going off on a tangent now. Oh, I love it. When it when journalists who cover baseball now write, not all of them, but some of them, uh, he hit two for four uh, in the game last night, as mm-hmm. opposed to you know he went two for four. You know that's what we used to say. Yeah. But now he says he hit or he batted two for four, right? Yeah. Uh, and it was like, you know, Drew Creaseman had a big ball game last night. He had four RBIs. Well, technically, I get it. That would be runs batted in. Oh, yeah. So I understand that it's – but so so some smart guy finally came around and said, nope, Drew Creaseman last night had a great ball game. He had four RBI. I get it. But you know what? I'm sorry. Creaseman had four ribbies last night. Creaseman had four RBIs. I'm good with that. It's not right. – that's not always uh, strive to be the smartest guy in the room. I remember getting into a debate at one point. Actually, it might have even been after one of your calls because it's actually every once in a while I will say the exact same thing you're saying in time while I'm watching the broadcast. And I think how smart so do you feel ago. at that point in time? I feel I feel brilliant. I feel like man, I <laughs> could correct. definitely do that guy's job, no problem. Yeah. It wouldn't drive me insane within a week and a half and I'd be off the reservation trying to do what you do. <laughs> Every once in a while though, I do feel like, Hey, you know what? Uh, I nailed that one. But one time we said in almost unison, you know, that was a great piece of hitting. And I happened to be sitting next to somebody that said, Oh, that phrase doesn't really make any sense. A great piece of hitting. What does that mean? Was it, it's a baseball thing that we've been saying for 150 years. It's like, a, it's a nice piece of art, a great piece of music, a great, it's, it, it was a nice piece of hitting. Like, yeah, if you break it down by its actual, it's like there's no need to frame it that way. But we do because it's an art form and we're having fun and calm down, you weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a subset of language with any, within any um, form, artistic form, business form, right? I'm, I'm sure there, that there's language used in with, with people who manage money or make their living on Wall Street that is unique and maybe not uh, perfectly accurate when it comes to uh, the Queen's English, but it's accepted in that environment, right? right? Right. And uh, same thing in baseball. Yeah, we've we've said, man, that's a great piece of hitting as he, you know, lines the ball the other way kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. If I'm going to go, of all the things to get worked up about. (laughs) No, of all the things, right? I uh, did want to, before we get to get you out of here, talk a little bit about the Rockies uh, prospects. You talked about this with uh, Billy Schmidt. And I, I just kind of wanted to get your take on it, specifically with the guys you talked about. And and some of these players who are a little bit closer, who I feel like are forgotten when we talk about the Rockies trying to contend immediately. You know, you've got Colton Welker, Ryan Vallade, Peter Lambert, Ryan Rollison, all right there, maybe ready to be there next season. So I, I thought that was a great conversation you guys had about some of these young guys. We could just, um, yeah, sort of give me yeah. some of your thoughts on you know, It's interesting because I didn't um, uh, talk a lot, as you know, Drew, we didn't talk a lot about, you know, the Welkers who just came back after the 80 right. game suspension. I saw he hit a home run the other night and, and he has, you know, projects to be able to hit. We'll see. Uh, you know, you got to do it at the big league level, but he's intriguing. Ryan Belade, uh, certainly has some intrigue. Ryan Rollison had the appendectomy. He just threw, I think it was last night or the night before, you know, like two and two thirds. He's just getting his feet under him again. Um, you know, he lost a lot of time with the unfortunate, you know, appendicitis attack. Yeah. And some of the other guys that we mentioned, Montero, uh, El, El Juris, I, I, I probably am going to butcher that first name until we completely I'm working on it too, yeah. Right. But but the, the big third baseman who may move over to first eventually, uh twenty-two-year-old kid that that he was the highest ranked prospect. Gomber was the biggest name, but he was the highest ranked prospect in the Arenado deal. Well, he's gone off as as I know you and Patrick have touched on. He's gone off 
he has uh, he leads the Eastern League in home runs and in OPS. Uh, so yeah. all of a sudden you're like, wow, um, that's intriguing. And he's only what a step away. If you're in Double A tearing it up, you know we know the next step can sometimes be the big leagues, um, yeah. but the next minor league step would be would be Triple A. So that's good news. There's other guys, um, uh, Ezekiel Tovar. Uh, I don't know a lot about. I know. I remember when he was, you know, signed internationally by Rolando Fernandez. Um, he's hitting home runs. He got just got moved from Fresno to Spokane. Uh, he's hit for for good average, and he's a really intriguing shortstop prospect, middle infield prospect. Uh, Drew Romo, who was drafted out of the Woodlands in in the Houston area as a as a maybe the top ranked defensive catcher as a high schooler in the country, he's really swung the bat which yeah. has been like a bonus because you're thinking, all right, this kid's going to struggle based on the scouting reports. I've never seen him play, uh, but he's really swung it so far, which is, which is great to see. And, you know, there's, there's the Toglias and the, and the Levines of the world. So what, well, you know, th- there's some guys um, and, and I think Billy talks about the system, you know, they need to beef it up, but it's yeah. not as barren, I think is, many people believe. Yeah, I, I think that's illustrated well, and, and I can dive into a, a few of these names a little bit deeper, but uh, we do want to let you get out of here. What, what, what else you want to plug, though, before you? Well, you know, listen, you know, the, this road trip has not gone very well so far, which is disappointing. It'd be whenever you, the team doesn't play well, it's disappointing. I understand that. But they had played so well at home and we always know the the road and home different animals never more so on display than this year the dramatic uh splits the the biggest uh wind differential home and road in the history of the game Uh, they have the third best win percentage at home in baseball and they have the worst road record Uh, because they had not only been swinging it well at home but they've been swinging it well better i should say on the road the previous two road trips so um you know, two more games in San Francisco later today and then tomorrow afternoon. We'll see if they can figure it out. Uh, I do want to mention again, it's one of our favorite subjects is Connor Joe. I know it's one of your favorite subjects. Um, He was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. This is a really impressive young man. And I would say that regardless of the fact that he had this, uh, you know, courageous battle against cancer and victory over cancer and now he's playing and succeeding at the major league level because he's an interesting young man he's a driven young man he's a um, super teammate you could just tell you guys love him yeah. and there, there's something you, you know the the it's kind of it factor that we like to say in sports yeah. right yeah. There's something about him, man. There's something about him that I think fans quickly figured out, and they gravitated to him with the the Joe cheers at Coors Field before yeah. he really done much. I mean, this right. is like this isn't you know doing a, a cheer for Trevor Story or for Charlie Blackman, who has a pretty lengthy resume of success. Right. And um, I thought I, I thought that was awesome. And then last night, you know, he's had good at bats, even if you don't have results. I mean. He has good at bats, man. He has yeah. a good feel for the strike zone. He walks, hits the ball hard frequently, and uh, he hits the two-run home run in the ninth inning last night to to make it a, all of a sudden a one-run game. And then, you know, I, I'm trying to remember it was that Charlie had a hit and uh, Rogers had the hit off the wall, and then Charlie had a hit, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, here they come. And unfortunately, you know, CJ Crone has been really good. It's baseball. He he strikes out for the 27th out, but. Um, it, it was it was uh, Joe again, man. That that two run bomb, and that was a no doubter. It was hard to tell yeah. initially on TV, but that was what fifteen rows deep in left field, and it's like wow, the Rockies have been dormant offensively. They're run away from the Giants in the ninth. So uh, it, uh, he, I, I I love this kid, man, and and I and I think more than just a good story, Drew. When you look at the at-bats, and he's got some versatility. I don't think he's a gold-glove kind of guy at any position. But, you know, he's, he's handling himself fine out in left field. He's handled himself fine so far at first base. Um, you know, he has a little bit of easy – he'd be the emergency catcher. Um, 
you know, in a pinch, you could probably throw him at third. He's taking some ground balls at second. Just again, never know. His at bats are really intriguing to me. I really believe he can be part of the solution for this Rockies offense moving forward. Um, and we need good stories, man. Yeah. I say this, you've heard me say this a bunch. I said it on the podcast again. I'm, I'm going to say this ad nauseum. You look at the Dodgers, deeper pockets, Drew, than anybody in baseball. And and everywhere you look, they got a freaking superstar. They right. just go and get a Hall of Famer in Scherzer. They get Trey Turner, who's an unbelievable talent, one of the 10 yeah. best players in baseball. They add them to, to, you know, to Mookie Betts. I know Mookie's battling injuries. And, and yeah. Seager's back. And Bellinger's finally hitting again. He was an MVP. And Justin Turner, not and on, right? Max Muncy. Yeah. Great find. Chris Taylor, great find. You need these kinds of stories, and maybe for the Rockies, better than maybe, Connor Joe hopefully can be, you know, one of those really good stories as the Rockies, you know, transition and try to get back to where they were a couple of years ago, where they were where they were a good team. Um, there was a, I think even before he hit the home run last night in our Discord channel for our subscribers, somebody just posted. I think Connor Joe owns my entire heart hmm. and, and, and this, and the whole discord, you know, a lot of the guys that we've seen a lot of, you know, some home runs and some good play and stuff over the last couple of weeks. And the discord lights up when guys do things, but when Connor Joe does something, everybody is just into it. And I'm, I'm with you. I think it's the best story and not just, and, and we're getting into that territory like you're alluding to here where it's not just a nice story anymore. We're talking about a really good looking ball player here. And, and, and Drew, watch, you know, on the broadcast and, and when you're when, when the Rockies are at home and we're down on the field, um, you can tell beyond the great story within the story uh, of his battle against cancer. You can tell his teammates adore him, man. You can yeah. tell he's a he's a super likable guy. He's a team team first guy. And um as I said, man, the fans, I think, have uh, have figured that out quickly. Yeah, yeah, they're in. All right, Goody, we'll let you go. Get ready for another one. Uh, enjoy the rest of this road trip. See you back at home uh, when the Rockies come back next week. Yeah, it's going to be a quick turnaround. Um, the Padres come in on Monday. And, and, th and this week, man, remind me when we get together, me, you, and Patrick, I want to talk about this Tatis I'm going to do it on the air, but I want to do it on your guys' podcast. So this this notion that Tatis is somehow um, they're better served with the shoulder injury playing him in, in the outfield as opposed to his natural spot of shortstop. Yeah, man. Yeah, not <laughs> intrigue. Yeah, I yeah. Don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah, um, we'll get into all this. There's Trevor Story. And I just Sam hope he's back. He's great for the game. Isn't ever want to see anybody hurt and and Fernando mm -hmm. Tatis is is so good for the game. Earlier you were talking about uh you know we were talking about Dyersville and growing the game. Uh, Tatis helps us grow the game because there are young kids out there and they're like, "Shoot, he's cool, he's great, he's athletic, he's you know, super handsome kid. Uh he's got a smile on his face just like, you know, we talked about Connor Joe the last few minutes. Um those guys I think help you know, curry along the next generation. So I'm going right. off on Tatis right now in, in a little bit ahead of when they arrive, but uh, we'll, yeah. we, we got to get into that next week, man. It's prime. It's primer for it. It's primer. Yeah. Appreciate it. Good All point. right. So we know y'all will be watching the broadcast. Of course, make sure you have, if you hadn't yet, you, you got to download the Drew Goodman podcast. You're listening to this on some podcast app right now. So as soon as you're done, just go download the Drew Goodman podcast, get all caught up on all of that. Uh, we appreciate you. Goody. We'll see you you next got time. it, man. Um, enjoy your uh, enjoy your coffee and enjoy your libations later from Breck. And uh, I will uh, have a great nice. rest of the weekend, man. I'll talk to you in a couple of days. Yeah, sounds good. We'll see you. All right. All right. Thanks, Drew. See you, man. Always, always appreciative of having Drew Goodman on the podcast, getting some great insights there. Let's remind you about our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. You know I love their Wagyu beef. It's absolutely delicious. Have it with most of us, uh, with four as the centerpiece of most of my meals. Breakfast, you're getting your bacon, getting your Wagyu beef bacon. It's so delicious. It could potentially change your life. Around lunchtime, throwing a couple of those 
award-winning hamburgers. Have yourself a delicious hamburger lunch. Then get around to dinner time. Maybe you've got a couple of those Denver steaks. Maybe you've got some roasts. Maybe you've just got a little bit of ground beef or a little bit of ground chuck. You're throwing and making some burritos. Maybe you're making a little bit of a pot pie type situation. Big fan. You can use it in so many different ways. I mean, you, you, know, you all know how to use beef. <laughs> so you, you don't need to, me to tell you how to cook beef probably. But if you need some delicious stuff, I cannot recommend Hassle Cattle Company more highly. Use the promo code DNVR10. You'll get 10% off. Any orders over 200 bucks, you'll get free shipping. And right now, uh, they're giving away a $200 gift card and a cooler to one lucky winner. It's super easy to win. You just head over to the DMVR Sports Twitter page. Click on the link in our pinned tweet. It's free. You can win money, a fantastic cooler. You can also get notified by, about all of their best deals. Uh, Hassle Cattle Company. And it's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. And use promo code DNBR10 to get 10% off. And don't forget that if you're loading up on some stuff, just go ahead and go over that $200 mark and you will get free shipping. Of course, fellas, you know, it's summertime out there right now. And if you're not manscaped, well, then you're not having the best summer you could be having. You're having a hot, gross, sticky summer. You need to be getting manscaped out there, gentlemen. It's well past time. It's 2021. Going to be 2022 before you know it. And you don't want to be the last dude out there still running all kind of gnarliness down there. If you want to get taken care of, you got to take care of yourself, fellas. And Manscaped is one of the best ways you can do that. Get that lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. It's even got, it comes with the, you get a weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. Huh? You got crop preserver deodorant. You've got toner. They got boxer briefs and a travel bag all in that lawnmower 4.0. I'm sorry, the perfect package 4.0 package. It's really fantastic stuff. You got to trim it up. You got to smell better. You got to feel better. And I promise you those boxers are some of the most comfortable you've ever worn in your life. Use promo code DNVR. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. 20% off plus free shipping with code DNVR at manscaped.com. And finally, of course, we've got to remind you about our friends over at Ball. Ball is fantastic. They Ball Arena, Ball Aerospace. You know all about Ball. Hopefully, you know that Ball is hiring. If you hadn't heard yet, yeah, you're looking for a place to work out here in the Golden Area, and you want to do it for someone that's uh, producing sustainable materials. Seventy-five percent of all aluminum that's ever been produced on the face of the earth still in use. Uh, with all of the commitments they've made to protecting the environment, to taking care of their workers to just providing fantastic products. There could not be a better place to work, maybe other than DNVR, but maybe not. Maybe not. I can't, I can't say for sure. You'd have to ask my friends and family that work at Ball. They might argue with me on that. So uh, right here in Golden, I, I just worried about pointing the, the correct direction from where I'm sitting in my house, uh, realizing that none of you can tell which way is north, south, east, or west. But I corrected myself, damn it. I had to point toward actual Golden. Uh, and you can text golden to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden jobs i can do it i promise jobs.ball.com and search for golden or simply text golden to 77222 so yeah i wanted to wrap up with a few extra thoughts on the prospects like i said if you want more from bill schmidt and drew goodman definitely go and listen to that episode. But one of the things, and I'm, I'm probably going to write an article about this. Again, those of you that have subscribed, hopefully you were able to read yesterday uh, my pontifications on the Colorado Rockies defense so far this year. I basically ran through uh, the entire, like position by position from where they haven't performed well to where they've performed extraordinarily well, highlighting a couple of players that I think should be nominated for gold gloves for the Rockies this year. So go and check that one. Uh, on a I may do this as a written piece. We'll see if I've got time for this one. I've got a few other things going on. But the, you know, the the notion that because the Rockies have a, a bad farm system uh, or a poorly ranked far, farm system, that there's, quote, no help on the way. That's something that I've I've heard a lot. And so that's the, the thing that I wanted to address here. Well, it's probably true that the Rockies don't have anyone who's going to step up next year and win rookie of the year in 2022, for example, I don't think it's entirely outside the realm of possibility. I think there are four intriguing prospects who are sort of being left out because while it, it's true and 
it's been said on this show before and, and just kind of out there in the world that the Rockies' best prospects are at the lower levels right now in Fresno and Spokane. That's where you're talking about Zach Veen and, and Drew Romo and uh, even, you know, even guys like Chris McMahon who've moved a little bit faster, um, you know, for most of his career. So that's all true. There, there's a lot more fun and, and interest in the two lower levels, but that doesn't mean that there's nothing at double A and triple A, right? And particularly these four players have, have got me intrigued because I believe that Peter Lambert, Ryan Rollison, two starting pitchers, and then Ryan Valade and Colton Welker, two position players. Valade is now, I guess, an outfielder. He kind of came up as a shortstop, moved over to third base, plays outfield, uh, mostly left field now, uh, but has been hitting really, really well. And then Colton Welker, who's primarily a third baseman, has played some first. Uh, there's been talk about him moving to the outfield. Neither one of those guys is their uh, primary uh, characteristic, their defense, right? I don't think either of them are uh, are terrible defenders by any means, but both of them, you know, they're, they're known for their bats. And so I think that's, it's just worth noting because I feel like all four of those players could were players that should have made their debut by now, maybe uh, certainly Welker. I feel like without the suspension this year uh, would have made his debut already. Uh, Ryan Rollison. I feel like there's a pretty decent chance he would have made his debut by now. If not, he was almost certainly in a healthy year going to make his debut in September of this year. Uh, Peter Lambert has already debuted and has, you know, over a hundred innings under his belt. He just had the, the Tommy John surgery, right? So he's more of a sophomore than a rookie. He doesn't even technically count as a prospect, but he does count as a young player who's still, you know, making his way in the big leagues as this thing that the Rockies basically have not had for two years. So when you look at what are they adding to their roster just from within next year, and then as Goody mentioned earlier, Elio Harris, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best, um, Montero is working his way into the mix as well. He's a little bit further away. He's still in double eight. Now I did read, uh, that one, uh, Rockies front office person said there's a decent chance he ends the year in triple a, but it would still be a pretty fast turnaround to say that like by spring training, he's competing for a spot. Uh, that, that would be very, very fast for him. So I still think you're looking at for Montero more like an end of 2022 arrival. But for all four of these guys, Welker, Valade, Rollison, and Lambert, they should they essentially should be fighting for a roster spot next spring training. If they're healthy, those guys should all be, you know, as we've said, Lambert's MLB ready. It's just been about getting him back to being healthy. Rollison had been knocking on the door before he hadn't been healthy. Colton Welker had been knocking on the door before the suspension. And then Ryan Vallade is probably the fastest riser here. And I think the one most likely to, if the Rockies do go out and sign some free agent bats that, that they're happy about. And, and these guys become more like depth pieces. Vallade could be the guy who ends up really just having to repeat triple a, which is fine because he's been one of the younger players at the, in that league this year. Belayed at a very quick rise uh, to AAA. So there's no rush necessarily to get him there. But that allows the Rockies to do some very interesting things from a roster construction standpoint, right? The fact that you have those guys there. First of all, with the pitchers, if you're happy with your starting rotation, and I think they are, and I think just about everybody is, right? Especially if you've brought back John Gray, do you decide to try to convert either Peter Lambert or Ryan Rollison or somebody like Antonio Sensatella, as we've talked about before, into a bullpen role, either long-term or just for that season. Sometimes it's easier for players uh, to debut that way. There have been some success stories. There have been some horror stories on the other side of it, too. Um, you know, Adam Wainwright and David Price are the big success stories of guys who began their careers you know, setting up, closing out ball games as one inning guys in the bullpen because that's what the team needed at the time. And then in, in following years, they were stretched out and, and became the starters they were kind of always meant to be. You know, would you try to do something like that 
with Lambert or Rollison? Or would you prefer to say, you know, it looks like we know what we can get here out of Senzatella. And while we like his floor of basically being one of the more reliable fifth rotation guys in baseball, maybe we can get more out of that spot if Rollison can be, you know, can, can reach his potential earlier and then Sensatella can get more out of his arm in the bullpen, something like that. But those two guys immediately shake things up because you've, we've had this year is five rotation spots for five good starters. And then when any one of those guys is out, you're turning to Chi-Chi who we know has been okay. Not, not a disaster by any means, but not something you're super excited about every time. Right? So now if you're adding these two extra players into it, it's either giving you depth for when you've got injuries or somebody gets moved into the bullpen, which helps you solve your big, what I believe is the Rockies biggest issue right now. Also the weirdest one to try to solve the bullpen. Um, moving guys who've previously been starters into the pen has had mixed results in the past. So, but it's still not a strategy that I, that I hate. I think it's got to depend on the player. You find the right guy. Then on the flip side of it, especially because, and again, I wrote about this on, on the defense piece, you've got Ryan McMahon and Garrett Hampson who basically allow you to just choose whatever you want as far as an impact back. So, you know, if the Rockies are confident that Colton Welker, for example, is going to be really good for them. He's had a couple home runs recently, had a grand slam the other day. It seems like he's, he's really back on track after missing some time. You know, Goodman has compared him to Garrett Atkins in the past. Uh, he's always had a bat that I've loved. I've always said he's going to hit. If he's a third baseman in the future, then that means that Brian McMahon either slides over and plays second or first. And that allows you as a, you know, free agent to do, or in free agent shopping to go out and pick whoever's best to slot into either of those positions. Or if you feel like, you know, you're set there, then you go into the outfield and go, well, you know, Valade's a little bit further away. We're not so sure about Daza and Hilliard as full-time guys. We like them as pieces, but we're going to add a big outfield bat. And Welker could end up being a really interesting part of this, uh, you know, because I think next year you're going to have the DH in the National League almost no matter what. Like, I think that's I- inevitable, honestly. And I think the easiest and obvious smart thing to do there is just make Charlie Blackman your designated hitter. Now he hasn't been, again, and I wrote about this in the defensive piece, he hasn't been terrible in right, but he's, we know he's, he's aging. He can't man the outfield as well as he used to. The bat appeal appears to still play. So you put him in at DH, you get the most out of him that you can there. And you find some extremely toolsy outfielders, either by going with your internal candidates, which are Hampson, Daza, Hilliard, or you go and find, it's been a while since I've said the name Starling Marte on the, the podcast. Again, one of the reasons why I really like that as a potential option for the Rockies. Very toolsy guy, but he shouldn't be in that elite level of free agents who cost top dollar. He should be that next rung down from that. A very good base runner, very good defender, good contact rates, all those kinds of things. And so, again, because I think, you know, the Welker factor is is going to be an interesting one. If you think he's ready, then you don't need to go get basically a big hitter infielder, right? You, because you can put McMahon anywhere. That's one of the beauties about Ryan McMahon is you, you put him at third, you've got a gold glove caliber defender at third base who's going to hit just above league average 25 plus home runs. And that's assuming he doesn't still grow into that star player we think he can become. But if you find a third baseman out there who absolutely rakes and you go, oh, we'll take that guy. Or if you think Welker is that guy, you've got the freedom to do that and you don't have to get rid of McMahon. Slide him in a second. You get a, a you know, Brendan Rodgers. You, you, it turns out story comes back and Brendan Rodgers great. Then slide McMahon over to first. Uh, he just allows you to do all of that kind of stuff, which is is pretty fantastic. I think you're leaving Rymal Tapia alone where he is in left field and just letting him do his thing. So really you're looking at, center and right, and then whichever infield spot Ryan McMahon's not going to play. And that's actually, I think, a more advantageous spot to be in than it it feels like for a team that absolutely needs to get more offense, right, and is likely to lose who we feel like is their best offensive player in Trevor's story, but he certainly hasn't been this year. Right. And so when you look at the results of, of this team and you go, OK, well, if 
Story had been his normal self. How many more wins would they have gotten? How big a difference would that have made? Who knows? Uh, but it, it's that group of four prospects that I don't want people to forget about. And Peter Peter Lambert is somebody I have forgotten about on at least four different occasions. Uh, because one, he's technically not a prospect anymore. And two, uh, he's he's been injured and, and out for so long and hasn't really been a factor, right? But I think there's a chance we even see him pitch a little bit at the big league level at the end of this year. And so those are the four players that whenever somebody says, hey, you know, the Rockies are getting no help from their own farm system next year. Well, when you're, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to use the word <laughs> when you're manipulating the roster around in fantasy land in your head, those of you know, the one word phrase for that can use it. Um, those are the four names you've got to keep in mind, right? There's some other, like this Taylor Motter thing is, is kind of fun and interesting, but it's uh, probably not um, a thing you never know. You, you've always got to keep your eyes out for that. And Cookie Monster, uh, I see you. What up? Uh, the bullpen, similar situations. There's really not anyone who's currently a reliever who, you know, and, and that can be sometimes rare. Like Carlos Estevez came up as a reliever and you were always kind of like, oh, okay, that guy's that guy's interesting. Um, but they really don't have anybody in the minors right now. Uh Again, you're you're looking more at I think conversion candidates there at people, you know. And that was Yancy Almonte was a conversion, and we know he was really good in 20. He's been really bad this year, but he he was a starter in the Rockies minor league system. Scott Oberg was always a reliever, so you know that's an interesting one. But even like uh, Adam Adovino, when he came up in the Cardinals system, he was a, a starter. Most relievers are, to put it harshly and, and kind of bluntly, failed starters, or at least one time starters who found themselves better in the bullpen. And so that's why I think you're still looking at, you know, Durallison or Lambert. You know, if you show up healthy and with John Gray at spring training next year and you've signed one or two relievers, but you still would like something extra there, do you convert one of those guys temporarily or long-term? Um, you know, there's and and the nice thing actually about trading for relievers, as, as you put it, is that usually they don't cost a ton. So if you want to move a B level prospect for some relievers, you can probably get that done if that's the way you want to go. Um, Will I agree that I think Sensatella would have uh, the best stuff to work in the bullpen? I that that Lambert and Rollison are more command and control guys who you know, don't get a ton of strikeouts, but do a really good job of avoiding hard contact. They, they really don't walk people. And that's a skill that should help you nicely in either spot. But I agree. I don't know if you say to Lambert or Rollison, hey, go air it out in the bullpen that you're going to get that much of an increase in their stuff. Whereas Sensatella can hit like 99 with that fastball. And when his, you know, his slider was off the other day, last time he, he pitched, he really did not have a good slider. But again, if it's like he's not trying to establish the slider, if he can just in one inning go, okay, fine, I'm not going to use the slider today. I'll just go straight to the curveball or only use the fastball because I've only got to get through this inning. I don't have to hide anything so that these guys are on to me by inning four or five. I do think Sensatella is the guy best suited for that. And, you know, if you're really confident that Lambert or Rollison can step in next year and be a solid fifth starter for you, um, I like the idea of trying out Sensatel in the bullpen. And I agree that, that, you know, his, his ability is, is kind of up and down nature is, is a little scarier in the pen. You don't want, you know, bad Senza on any given day, but again, that's only, that's only going to cost you so much in one inning instances. Uh, his, the, the big problem here has always been that he's never been a big strikeout guy. Right. He's he's always kind of been he's not really a pitch to contact guy, but he ground ball. You know, he doesn't. But his stuff should produce more swings and misses than it does at times. It's, it's kind of perplexing with Sensatella. And that's why I wonder about maximizing it and, and making him into a better strikeout pitcher. But there's no easy and obvious answer to this issue. Right. Um But you, you need those guys in the bullpen and they typically do come from whatever your depth 
of starting is. Chris McMahon is another one. And remember, the Rockies have been faster with their college experienced pitchers that they've drafted. Those are probably the, the group of people that have moved fastest through the minor leagues, right? John Gray moved very quickly through the minors. Kyle Freeland, uh, even despite not putting up tremendous numbers, numbers that are very similar to what you're seeing actually out of Chris McMahon right now, probably because they got him throwing a ton of changeups because they do that. But they've had a pretty good success rate of, of bringing those guys through. So Chris McMahon, while I don't, you know, next year is still, that'd be very fast. But if it's as a reliever, maybe not so much. That's another guy who could factor in interesting. Don't think you're getting yet to guys like Helcris Oliveras or anything like that. He's still too raw, and I don't I don't want to mess with him at this point. Or or Sam Weatherly, same thing. But yeah, I uh, you know these these guys are intriguing, and those four players. That that's the one thing I just wanted to drive home before uh, we sign off here and get ready for another late ball game tonight is that. Uh, you know, while it's true that I don't know that any of those guys has star player potential, though Colton Welker could be an outside the box dark horse rookie of the year candidate. I think he's better than people realize. And I, I think also he's got a better shot than a lot of Rockies recent prospects that have come up to kind of hit right away, kind of just step in and be good. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys, whether it was Dahl or Tapia or McMahon, uh, when they came up, they were just a bit more raw. They were ready to come up, but there were definitely still those things that they needed to work on. I feel like just as a polished hitter, Welker's been ready for a minute. His defense, I, I, I don't know, and we'll all find out a little bit together on that. But the bat is there, and he's the one guy where I go, if he pops, that's a that's a huge benefit for the Rockies moving forward. And then they really should just go in this offseason – get two big bats in the outfield, spend the rest on the bullpen and see what happens. Uh, but don't forget about those four guys when you're fantasy constructing Rockies rosters this offseason and, and moving forward. Those four prospects are the ones who sh- not only is like, oh, hey, those guys could be factors. They might debut by the middle of the season. Like I said, all four of those guys, Lambert has debuted, but should have really reached the show by now with the exception of Valade, who's who's actually kind of ahead of schedule but still at this point will have a full year of relative success he's been very good at AAA under his belt by the time we get to next spring training um so yeah cookie if if Welker is the next Garrett Atkins that's that's very very nice addition to this lineup uh that, that they could absolutely use and that's one of the wonderful things about having Ryan McMahon on your roster for the next several years is no one is blocked. Not, you know, no one on your infield is blocked because you can literally just put gold glove caliber defense at either third or second or first whenever you want. <laughs> and then I, I kind of mentioned Hampson earlier, but if he's still around now, he obviously doesn't, you know, give you the power or kind of the, the excitement of the bat that McMahon can at times, but as he's proven to play plus defense in center and very plus defense at second base and even plus in the corners, you can, you can move Hampson around wherever. And so that's the freedom that they have this off season to basically just look at whatever bat they want. And they can't be like, Oh, we can't sign that guy. We already have somebody for that position. That's just not going to be the case. They can move anybody around and it makes them better. So Keep that all in mind as we move forward here. Appreciate y'all for listening in to this episode of the show. Make sure you're checking out these next couple of games in San Francisco. See if they can get to that one win that we ended up predicting for this road trip. <laughs> you want to do, we'll see if they can figure it out. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR.com so you get all of that written content uh, so that you can get access to the Discord channel. You get a free shirt when you get the annual right now. You get discounts on hats and shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. When you become a member, make sure you're following everyone at social at social media. Fair enough. At Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies, at Drew Goodman 42. You're listening to that show, doing all the good stuff that you know you should be doing. We appreciate you all for hanging out with us each and every day here for the podcast and continuing to be absolutely the best baseball fans out there. Can only ever promise you to remain absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we'll see you. 
volta. As always, we hope that show put a big old smile on your face, and we hope that your smile is the best it absolutely can be. Ours are brought to you by our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. You know them, you love them, or if you don't know them, once you get to know them, you will love them. They're absolutely fantastic. Located just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver in the Lakewood area. They treat you like family. They know all about sports. They know all about the DNVR community. They've been longtime supporters of ours. So if you need any kind of dental work done, you've got to get hooked up with our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. They will take care of you like family because you are a part of the DNVR family, which makes you family to them. So check them out. Again, uh, you know, if you go and get your cleaning x-ray or examination done, they will hook you up with that free Sonicare toothbrush. So Again, you cannot do better for your own personal dentistry or for your family dentistry than our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group.